Good afternoon, fellow Americans. I am Jason Allen here from Turning Left, and I want to give a little disclaimer here at the top of the show. That way we don't freak you out too much. I'm a little worked up today. I'm a, I'm a little uh, annoyed. And pissed so, off, we might say. I'm pissed off. And so if, uh, buckle in, folks. This is going to be a bumpy ride. Turning left in your face right now. Yes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Turning Left. I am Jason Allen with all, always with me, Sir Richard. Hey, Hello. it's great to be here. What else can I say? But there's so many wackos in the American government. And so little time. And so little time, exactly. Oh, folks, I, I got to tell you, uh, after, you know, we do the uh, morning show and uh, a more, you know, happy-go-lucky, jocular, and I start looking over the uh, topics we're going to talk about today and the breakdown of it and all that stuff, and I get seething. <laughs> I get seething. And so, folks, I, I want to apologize right off the beginning if I'm going to offend any of you, but it's an apology, not really. Get some thicker skin. Hey, I don't think Hannity would say that. I don't think what the uh, wacko at Infowars would say that. I think that's quite polite. Right, right. So, somewhere, uh, somewhere n- north of Hannity and south of Alex Jones. <laughs> Figure if they can be all bombastic. I can too. Why not? Hello, folks. Welcome to Turning Left. Welcome to your liberal and progressive uh, outpost here where you can uh, basically sit for an hour, tell the rest of the world to go to hell, and uh, think happy thoughts with us. Hey, it works for me. It also relieves stress, anxiety, depression, and a few other things. And you don't even have to take a pill. Mm. Folks, we are your therapy. Think about that. Achtung, I am your therapist. <laughs> ich bin ein therapist. <laughs> exactly. Yes, folks. Right now, Trump Care is in a shallow grave somewhere in the Nevada desert, and uh, Mitch McConnell is busily trying to shovel it back out. And so, at least, uh, at least for the moment, you have a, a reprieve, right? You're like the death row guy, and you're waiting for the priest, and you're waiting for the warden to come down and take you to the uh, take you to the room where they flip the switch. But at least right now, you can breathe a little bit easier. Really disturbing to me, though, was as soon as the defections occurred, and for and the four people who said, Ooh, I ain't getting involved with that. We'll talk about them a little bit later. But the insidious thing, folks, the things that, re- the got, that chaps Maya hide is the fact that as soon as it got defeated, they went straight, not ah, screw it, we're just going to repeal it. Right. Screw it! Well, you know? McConnell has nothing to lose. He has, uh, he has the uh, wonderful Senate health care program, which is the most gold-plated program on the planet. Right, yeah. And the, the thing that makes, and I, when I say the word insidious, 
the thing that makes it just, I mean, not evil, but evil, as in fruits of the devil, evil, right, is that basically what they're telling you is, hey, man, we don't care if you don't have health care. CBO said at the very minimum, 34 million people, just, just for repeal, right, 34 million is going to be axed. And out right. of that, at least a million will die unnecessarily. Exactly. And think about the message of that, though. The message totally is, hey, we don't care if you don't have health care. We don't care if bad things happen to you and the ones you love. We are going to use this as a bargaining chip to get Democrats to come to the table to try to make some sort of compromise. Which have, there is none. And it's all fine and dandy for the people who've got the... Uh, like you said, the gold-plated health care, the cap lack of health insurance, but to the average people and to the lower-income people, elderly, disabled. Children, black, women. Ch- right. You're basically giving them a thumb in the eye. Well, I'd say it was a little lower on the anatomy, but yeah. Right. There, too. It's all. It starts at the eye, and, well, you fill in the blank. But uh, it, the, whole, the, the whole philosophy behind that is, is just... It's it's beyond. It's draconian. Fifty shades of wrong. Draconian. Oh, it's 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 like fascism, you know. Well, it's it's beyond, dude. It's beyond that. To me, it's almost Machiavellian. Yeah, that's right? true. Yeah, I go for that. We're we're gonna we're gonna just uh, we're gonna make you pay. Uh, uh, <laughs> cruel to be kind. I what 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 you know? And I I don't get that. Uh, the whole philosophy, to me, that's abhorrent. And beyond that, though, I don't get the response. There is silence from the Trumpsters and the tr- people who love Trump with this. They're just, uh, uh, you know, really? You're about ready to get whacked off of health care. You, you, sitting there in West Virginia, out of a job, or you working two part-time jobs to try to make rent, who are on Obamacare, also known as the Affordable Care Act. Or Medicaid. Or Medicaid, Medicare, right? You're there, and these people are going to just rip it away from you, and what are you doing? You're just sitting there silent. I'm sorry, folks, that doesn't work anymore, right? It doesn't work just to be silent. What what happens? I'm going to read the tagline from the Washington Post. Democracy dies in darkness, right? The more you are uninformed, the more you're just passive, the more crap is going to be sold to you, and you're, you're left just to deal with it. I mean, we're at this reprieve right now, and I'm going to argue right here, right now, instead of taking a deep breath saying, hey, you know, Woo! Glad that's passed. I'm going to argue that this is the time where you get off the, get off your gluteus maximus and make the most noise you've made yet. Phone calls really work to the senatorial offices. Emails, faxes, whatever Faxes you do. are even better because that's a hard piece of paper they can't overlook. Exactly. Inundate them with this stuff. Right. A, a tsunami of vocal opinion. Because, folks, <laughs> just like the poll that came out, ABC, the Quinnian... I can't even say Quinn, it. Quinn, Thank you. You get 50 extra bonus points. Oh, well, hey. Uh, but uh, the whole poll, for ju- just straight repeal, the popularity of it is 12%. Right. 12%. The most unliked legislation in history. Right. 12%. So literally, if you had like a, uh, if you had like a pie chart, right, <laughs> it would, you would have, you would have more a more colored in red section for people that would like to uh, have, you know, uh, gerbils and ferrets uh, put in every orifices of your body rather than 
have repeal it. Yeah, and it's you know it's Mitch. Count Dracula's spawn, <laughs> McConnell's. Count McConnell. All he all he's yeah. looking for is a place in history, and man, yeah. he's not going to like what he ends up with because history is going to brutalize him for simply the statement of "I'm not going to do my job until you're out of office." Yeah, Obama. Right, and, and McConnell though. I mean, the sheer um, stupidity. At- I'm, uh, okay, I'm gonna use a uh, semi-bad word. This is we're we're we're. He's asinine. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. The 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 sheer ass hattery of this is is mind-boggling because they we don't care that you don't like it. We don't care that you depend on it. We're gonna go ahead and do it anyways, and basically give you the middle finger. Right, because for them it's all ideology over country. And we're, you know what? We're going to talk about that a little bit later, too. The whole dispiriting uh, party before country. Right. In fact, you know, screw it. We're going to do it right now. I, I, since I'm in bombastic mode, we're going to go ahead and do it right now. You know what the difference, folks? You know what the difference between Republicans and the Democrats, progressives are? Do you want to know what some of the basic difference is? The basic difference is how we view America, okay? How we view America. Now, you would think that the public opinion of all the GOP and Republicans, you know, they're the ones that love America. They're the ones that drive around in their big trucks with the big flags in the back of their trucks. Oh, hey, in 1950s, it was all about fighting commies, yeah. uh, uh, helping the poor. I mean, the Republican platform, take a look at it. Even as late as 1965, it was it sounded just like the Democrats of today. Exactly. You know, they're, they're around, you know, they're telling you how much they love America and how much the Democrats... Democrats, they hate America. Those commie pinkos, they don't right. love America. We love America. We've got a monopoly on it, right? We're the guys with the trucks, with the big flags, singing zippity doodah out our collective hoo-hahs, right? Yeah. But let me tell you something. You know what the difference is? The difference is this. Democrats and progressives, we love America just as much as Republicans do. Oh, yes, it's true. We do. We love America just as much, follow the bouncy ball, as much as the GOP. The difference is, folks, we not only love America, we love what America can become. Hence the term progressivism. We are progressing towards something. We're working towards something. This grand experiment over 200 years old isn't just done. It's not set in stone. We can walk away and go about our daily business. It is a daily journey to perfect the union of the United States, right? And uh, support and protect its citizens. Exactly. But that is the main difference. We not only love America, we love the idea of what America can become. And America is not going... Folks, I hate to rain on your parade, Trumpsters. We're never going back to that country again, okay? The country you loved in the mid-20th century there with your segregation and your and your wearing your white sheets and uh, burning crosses and telling jokes about people with different colors and different creeds and different sexualities, those days were over. You can go back to the 20th century. You're never going to get those back. It's time 
that you realize that. Because so many people, and I fell into this trap at the beginning, we need to reach out. We need to bridge it. We need to understand these people. We need to we need to have common ground. Yeah, all that is, is, is fine and dandy for a rational person to have discourse with. But when you're literally having irrational discourse or being screamed out by these people who are just a bunch of neo-fascists, Racist, bigots, sexist, you name the the list goes on. Exactly. I mean, we fought wars. We fought world wars to be rid of that sort of ideology. And to see it crop up here in the 21st century, no less, on American soil, quite frankly, I'm going to use the P word, it pisses me off. Hey, my father, rest his soul, fought in World War II to protect this country. If he saw what was going on now, he would probably take up arms. Mm. You know, I think about heritage, and I think about where we come from, and uh, I've mentioned it once or twice on a show, and I'm going to go into it a little bit more now for for you. <laughs> My last name is Allen, A-L-L-E-N, okay? I happen to be the great-great-great-great-great-grandson of Ethan Allen, from Vermont. Yes. Uh, every, in fact, everyone up to my father was named either Ethan, Ira, or Levi after his brothers. So I have always carried with me a sense of this is who you are. This is who, this is where you come from, and so it it means something to me, right? Yeah, it, it means- was the birth of new America, a, a real American democracy. He was there right. at the start, right? Short short history lesson, folks. Ethan Allen was the guy that led the Green Mountain Boys to capture Fort Ticonderoga, which was the first time in American history an American force uh, beat a British garrison to take over a fort. We made history, right? Yeah. Okay, Benedict Arnold may have been with us in the back of a canoe. We 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 Allens. We uh, people say, well, what about Benedict Arnold? Screw Benedict Arnold. He was in the back of a canoe. We won them. <laughs> But so when you talk about the love of America and the love uh, and the patriotism of America, it's not monopolized by the guys on the right. I'm I'm getting as I grow older and more uh, uh, curmudgeoner, curmudgeonlier. I uh, more to the left I get, and the more to the left I get doesn't mean that I don't love America and I don't love the history of America. It just means I try to look at the history of America as as honest. And as objective as I can, because we haven't lived a perfect history in this country. But it doesn't mean that we can't strive to become better. And becoming better does not mean taking health care away from 34 million, uh, million Americans. It doesn't mean telling people that you no longer matter. If you are gay or you're lesbian or you are... Uh, transgendered, you no longer have a voice. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that, hey, you have a different skin color, so we're going to treat you just a little bit. You're you're not quite as good. We're not going to do that. That America is dead and gone. If you want to experience that, you can open up a textbook and find out. Yeah, and part of the problem is people don't remember how polluted our air and water was. All the folks who are voters today have no semblance of an idea how messed up the country was ecologically. Logically, mm-hmm. people were drinking. Their tap water was full of chemicals, pesticides, cyanide, heavy metals. Uh, the air was impossible to breathe. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the country was self-destructing because business, 
basically did not give a damn about what what their trash did to other people. Right. And the funny thing is, the business is all about the bottom line, and the bottom line is never about you. Uh, yes, that's right. There are a few businesses around that are what I would call progressive businesses that understand and realize that if you don't take care of people, you'll have no customers. I agree. I agree. And it, especially when we're talking about health care, we have to talk about if you, if you are a reasonable uh, semi uh you know, semi-mature American, you have to think about the philosophies behind it. Am I my brother's keeper? Do, is health care a right, or is health or is health care just a privilege? It seems to be a right in most of the other industrialized countries in the world. I mean, uh, Great Britain started it in 1953. The people voted to tax themselves to provide free health care for everyone. I, visit, I visited uh, England, and I got ill there, walked into a, a doctor's office. He gave me a prescription, and I walked out and figuring, what's the bill going to be? They said, uh, nothing. And I gave them the prescription, and yeah. they gave me the prescription. I said I said the same thing. Well, how many pence do I uh, No, it's free. Thank you. Uh, hope you get better. Walked out the door. Right. And I wasn't even British. But, but you know, you still had the Sir Richard thing going on. So. <laughs> well, actually, but, what it came down to is that I was ill, Yeah. and I was a human. And they wanted to help me get past the situation I was in so I could go spend more money in other parts of England. Right. right. So when it comes to Trump Care, folks, and the way uh, things are right now, instead of just, woo, I can go about my business now, uh, no, this is the time where you need to stand up and you need, you need to uh, voice, right? That's all about you. And you can send free faxes, too. Uh, somewhere in one of our earlier programs, I mentioned uh, a place you can find online that will send a fax for free yeah. to your uh, senator um, and or representative. I saw that, the uh, bot thing that they do. Yes. Yeah, that, that, that is ingenious. Yes, it is, and because they... Paper is hard for them to get around, mm-hmm. whereas phone calls, they said, oh, you know, as a robocall or something like that. A fax, there's no such thing as robo-faxes. Mm-hmm. You ha- it has to be an individual. Yeah. Excellent. I, I think I think it works. I've done it. It works. It's very simple. It takes 30 seconds. Right, yeah. I've done it, too. And uh, it was it was mission successful because folks, I listen. Doc is he is our technological guru back there. He's our Yoda. I'm literally, you know, two degrees away from being a luddite. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I I, I can't even I, I can't even program our little remote at home, let alone you know. <laughs> ah. But uh, how are we going to move Doc? I got a question for you, Sir Richard. Go ahead. Yeah, question. Did you know? Okay. Did you know that there was a uh, second undisclosed meeting between Putin and Trump at the G20 summit? I heard uh, uh, I heard the smell of it. The, sm- <laughs> the smell of it. It's all, and it, it it's and what did it smell like? Uh, refuse going down a sewer. Yeah, that's that's not pretty, folks. Uh, no, it's not. Yeah. But it's accurate. Yes, it is. It is accurate. And folks, yes. You heard that right. There was a second undisclosed meeting between Trump 
and Putin. As you know, they got together with a little FaceTime last week. They did the Mutual Appreciation Society, the backslap and the pinching of the butts. It was it was quite an affair, right? Yeah. Well, later on that night, they were having a kind of a dinner soiree. And uh, Putin is, uh, after a while, everyone, you know, they're talking to each other. They're just hanging out. It's a social environment. Right. Well, breaking a lot of protocol, Trump gets out of his chair, walks down to where Trump is, because... Uh, Trump. He goes down to where Putin is. Because Putin, I, I got the idea through the story that basically Putin was just kind of sitting alone, you know, because he's like the kid no one else wants to play with, right? I'm not going down on the monkey bars right. till this, you know, guy's done. Right. But Trump did. He got up, went down there, uh, sat down and talked to uh, Putin. There was no American interpreter because the interpreter there only spoke uh Japanese because originally Trump was sitting next to the Prime Minister of Japan. So he sits down the tr- he sits down with Putin and uh, the only people that are there is Putin, Trump and Putin's interpreter. Even though Putin does understand English. Sure he does. In fact, in <clears throat> fact, I'm going to segue this. Did you know that Vladimir Putin is a huge fan of Bobby uh, what's McFerrin? Is that McFerrin, right? Yeah. Bobby McFerrin. <laughs> no. So, uh, Vlad, what do you have to say about Bobby McFerrin? Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Oh, he almost sounds like uh, Lawrence Welk, doesn't he? Get up, <laughs> get up, and dance. Yeah, an evil Lawrence Welk. But don't worry, be happy. That's right, Vladimir. Thank you. I will take that to heart. As, you, as you're rigging our elections, I'll, I'll try to uh, keep golden on that. No, he sits down next to uh, Putin, and did they talk about the weather today? Hey, how's your kids? How's Marge and the kids, you know? Nope, they sat down there, and, oh, yeah, it wasn't five minutes. They were together for an hour. An hour, folks. Not only that is... It got commented on by the other leaders of the G20 who thought it was highly irregular that these two guys are like, you know, head head to head, you know, hush, 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 behind the stuff where they couldn't hear what's going on. And it made people a little uh, uncomfortable. Because folks have people, well, what's the big deal in that? I don't understand that. It's, it's not such. It is. Why? Because here is the guy that is head of a country. That is basically our, it's our arch enemy, right? He's like, uh, uh, he, he is like our, uh, if we're Bullwinkle and Rocky, he's our Boris and, and Natasha, Sasha, right? yeah, yeah, he definitely wants and, to do the United States harm because he'd like to be number one instead of number three. Right. And so what you're thinking is here's the guy, the, the leader of the free world. He's supposed to be the paragon of all things that's right and just in the world. And here he is having a confab with Putin talking about who knows what. Yeah. And basically the president is supposed to be transparent. Supposed to be transparent. Not only that, but there is usually a memoranda or a sheet that is written afterwards that is given to the press and the public that just uh, not verbatim what was said. But no, it's also yeah, congressional record, uh, uh, papers, all sorts of stuff. Supposedly, they are required to do that. Yep, and uh, not only did the White House not do that, 
their statement was they refused. It wasn't just like, oh, yeah, you know, we forgot. No, it wasn't that at all. It was, you're not getting one. You don't need to know this. Go away. That was the, how disquieting that in a, in a supposedly democratic country where the leader is telling you, I'm not going to tell you what we talked about. You don't deserve to. You're not in the know. Go. You know? Right. Yeah. And it's you know it's a smack in the face of the U.S. Constitution, which he doesn't care one damn bit about. Right. And and this is just a folks. Do you see like a theme? And it doesn't really matter what topics we talk about when it has to do with the current administration. Do you see a theme where it's almost as if uh, we are going to do what we are going to do? If you don't like it, fill in the blank. I'm not. This is a family show, right? So. Well, yeah, stuff it. Exactly. Thank you, Sir Richard, coming in again with uh, uh, the. It's my job, man. That's <laughs> my job, man. <laughs> but it's like a common theme. It's almost like this disregard uh, for uh, the people you're supposed to be representing, and kind of just like a, huh, you know, huh, I don't yeah. care. Yeah, and and. Previous brought up again uh, the fact that they really do want to change the First Amendment, which, folks, for those of you who don't know what the First Amendment is, yeah. it means the right to free speech yeah. with limitations like hate speech, and the fact that the only non-governmental entity mentioned in the in the First Amendment is freedom of the press. Right. And we've seen how much the press has been vilified by this current administration. And locked out. Locked out. Yeah. Let's uh, let's play a game here real quick, folks. Every week we're <laughs> playing little games. Let's play a game. How many days has it been since there has been a press briefing live in person on TV? Oh, give them, uh, give them, uh, let's make it uh, A, B, and C. A, B, and C. A, 20 days. I know I know the day. I know the B, date. B, 40 days. Okay. C, 100 days. D, 150 days. <laughs> uh, close! No. Uh, the last televised press briefing that was, uh, that was carried was on, folks, it was on June 29th. 29th. June 29th of uh, 2017. Uh, since that day, it has been Sarah Huckabee Sanders yelling at reporters and only a audio... Uh, uh, portion was uh, right. Even the guy from out. from Fox News Left. stomped out and told her to shove it. Basically, right. I love that when when you were pecking off the Fox News people to the point where they are actively giving you crap as they're walking out the door. Uh, you may want to be less of an a hole. Well, I don't think she knows how to do that. The uh, the nut doesn't fall far from the father. Mm. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, you've just been huckabeed. Yes, you have. Anyway, uh, but let's move on to a different subject now. But this, when I was talking about the commonalities between no matter what subjects we talk about, is uh, and nothing pisses me off more than rolling disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> that gets under my skin. Uh, uh, folks, if you don't know what rolling disclosure is, it's a term that depicts... When people get caught doing something bad, they uh, give you the truth incrementally. They do it as they go along. They'll, at first, er, at, at first, Donald Trump Jr. didn't have a meeting with the Russians. It never happened. It was all a figment of your imagination. Then, finds out he did. And with that, let's throw up the uh, 
you're busted. Busted, Donald, Donald Trump Jr. Anyway, uh, so first he says, yeah, all right, yeah, there was a meeting. But, you know, we, uh, we, we talked about adoption, right? That's all we did. It was harmless. And until another report that comes out, yeah, um, the people at this meeting, you had Kushner and Manafort, too. Oh, yeah, I guess they were there, but... Again, you know, we're just talking about adoption. There's nothing wrong with that. And then a day later. And, oh, yeah. Uh, there were a few more. <laughs> the, the, the lady that wanted to, uh, yeah, no, first before the lady, it was, it was the music mogul guy. Right. Who uh, is friends with a Russian oligarch. The kid, uh, his father is a Russian oligarch who has deep, 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 deep ties to Putin. I'd say deep pocket ties also. Right. And then, oh, oh, yeah, 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 I guess he was there. Next day after that, it's, oh, yeah, there's a woman, a lady lawyer who was in touch with the top prosecutors uh, of the Russian system of justice uh, about uh, dirt on Hillary Clinton. Right. Maybe it was Hillary. Maybe it's something else. We don't know. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I guess she was there, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, and the next day after that, it comes back with, oh, yeah, did you know that not only were all those people there, there was also a guy there that is ex-Russian intelligence. What? Yeah, I guess he was. I don't think you become ex with Russian intelligence. You are in, it's kind of like the mob. Once you're in, there's no getting out. It's the saying, once KGB, always KGB. Well, yeah, because the only way to get out is in a pine box. Right, so Donald Trump Jr., uh, yeah, you're right, he was there. I forgot all about him, you know. And then, and then late, latest that uh, comes out yesterday was there was an eighth person there? Yes, an eighth. And who was this eighth person? It's the circuits, folks. Right, his name, folks, his name was Ike Kavaladze. And you know who Ike Kavaladze is? I did some digging on old Ike, and uh, he uh, holds a dual citizenship uh in uh, America and Russia. Uh, he is a banker by trade. He uh, runs out of Delaware. He, he is the guy that is responsible for signing up over 2,000 fake uh, Russian front businesses to launder money out from Russia into the U.S. And Donald Trump was the conduit for laundering that money. Exactly. Folks, we're going to do a little, uh, mm, had to get a drink. We're going to do another little uh, game here, all right? We're going to play a game, and this game, Sir Richard, is going to be called How Did Donald Trump Get His Money Back? Okay. Uh, folks, catch you up. Early in the 90s, Donald Trump was taking it in the shorts. He was getting ran out of Atlantic City. He was he was in debt up to his uh, comb-over hair follicles, right? Right. And uh, he was in deep, deep, deep doo-doo. He had declared bankruptcy for his sixth time. Right. And it was looking like old Donald was de- going to be down for the count. Uh, he, uh, but suddenly he's got, he's got billions. And no, no banks in America would loan him any money. He couldn't even get money out of the Saudis. Right, and the Saudis would give Saudis give Hezbollah money. Exactly. So, so he had to go somewhere, and the only place he knew where to go was Russia. Okay. So, in this game we're playing, folks, you start to see 
some dots being connected. You don't need to be a rocket scientist. You don't even have to play them on TV, right? You can kind of understand what's going on. He got all this Russian money, and suddenly he's back in business. So let me ask you this question, folks, about this game that we're playing. Where do you think the Russians got the money? Where do you think it came from, folks? Well, it's dirty to begin with. Exactly. It's dirty to begin with. This was money funneled out uh, of Russia after the Soviet Union fell, and all these uh, oligarch guys swooped in to take over a lot of the resources and banking of the old Soviet Union. Oh, the steel, uh, any, any industrial production. And now they're magical Russian billionaires overnight. But as magical Russian billionaires uh, overnight, you've got to figure out a way to make this money clean. Because you don't, you know, if you're going to do business internationally, you can't be like, oh, yeah, I stole it from the Russian people. Here, take right. it. Other people, I ain't going to have nothing to do with that. So what do you do? You find useful idiots, as the KGB says, uh, to funnel your money through. And who do you find to do that? Well, people who are down and out and are desperate because rich people don't want to be poor. They want to be rich again. And so they get a little desperate. And so they start taking phone calls from Yuri and Boris and the other uh, guys in Russian tracksuits who uh, launder large amounts of money. So Ike uh, was one of those facilitators. He Think of him as like a middleman. Okay. Uh, yeah, basically uh, the laundry man. He's the laundry Ike's the laundry man. You've heard of Van Halen's ice cream man? Well, he was the laundry man. <laughs> and so you, you start to connect these dots, and, and then hopefully, folks, you at home playing the home game version, you've asked yourself by now, what is a Russian money laundering guy doing in a meeting with a campaign of a presidential candidate, which is supposed to be about adoptions? Right, and some of that money actually comes from the Russian mob, the people who raise the money highly, totally, and absurdly illegally and killed a lot of people along the way. So it's not just that they ripped it off from the uh, Russian people. They've ripped it off from the mob. Right. And so why does this matter, right? Your home scenario, Jason, you guys keep rambling about the Russians. Why does it matter? I'm going to tell you why it matters. It matters because what we talked about earlier, do you love your country? It's that easy. Do you love your country? Do you want to see the people that are uh, the leader and the head of your institutions act in a way that sells the country down the pike? Do you want to see them act in a way that, uh, by any other definition in history, would be called treason? Thank you. I, you know, I hate to say that word because, I mean, once you go to treason, it, it is a... Well, we could go back to sedition, but, you know... It's all the same sedition the sedition bonus connected to the trees and bone exactly and but it is it it, 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 we start creeping up towards this uh treason and folks why does it matter because we have forgotten somewhere along the way and i say this we as a collective we you and i all of us we have forgotten our uh, ability to expect more out of our politicians the people that we put up in office to run the daily business of the country and make sure that we are in a uh, full-running civilization society, we need to start expecting more than than a bad comb-overed, lying 74.9% of the time, reality TV moron. Yep. 
Yep. I mean, you know, in terms of people who got away with treasonous behavior, uh, Richard Nixon was one because he basically quietly dealt with the North Korean and the North Vietnamese when he was not, they weren't supposed to be talking with the North Vietnamese about how to uh, progress the war. And then Ronald Reagan, the same thing. He talked to the Iranians about holding back the release of the hostages until after he was elected so he could look like a pretty smug guy. Mm -hmm. Both of those were actually Truly, under the definition of treason, treasonous behavior, and they should have been thrown in prison. That's exactly right. So, folks, this matters. This very much uh, matters. And uh, remember, we are no longer Uncle Sam. We are Uncle Sham. And Uncle Sham wants you to believe his lies. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you may be voting this year. You may be voting next year. But your children and your grandchildren, what will they be facing when democracy is dead and Russia is pulling the strings in America for their own financial, economic, and political desires? There you go. I couldn't have said it better. I couldn't have said it better myself. Sir Richard, on point as usual. This week was made in America week for the Trumps and the White House. (laughs) I know. I, it's, just, it's one of those things that you can't say with a straight face. No, it, it, they come up made in America. So, you know what? I, I, I made a little graphic last night. I'm sitting around. I'm thinking about it. Because literally every everything that Trump makes is Trump apparel, is Trump vodka. Everything is made in another country. Oh, so is uh, his daughter's stuff. Right, Ivanka. Yeah, well, we'll talk about her some other time. She She's a treat, let me tell you. Uh, but Trump apparel... Was it made in America? No. No. Trump Trump apparel was made in China, South Korea, and Mexico. Hey, aren't they building a wall? Isn't they going to have trouble getting his uh, dirty suits over the... Over the wall? Oh, they're not just building a wall. They're building a big, beautiful wall that's going to be so magnificent and so tremendous. Anyway. On the backs of the Medicaid people they took the money away from. Right. So the apparel was made in those countries. Trump vodka was made in the Netherlands. Hey, as long as it's good, I guess people will drink it. Right. And and also, you know, that we have found out now that the Trump presidential uh, uh, campaign of 2016 was made in Russia. Hey. What can you do? It's, you know, if you can't uh, if you can't beat them fairly, cheat like all get out. You know, it, it just it, it's to me. I, I sit and shake my head so much because once upon a time, when I was a young strapping lad of eighteen, I was a Republican. Believe it or not, folks, I was. I was a Republican, and I fell into the Kool Aid drinking. You know, we care more about America than the left because we we are the patriotic ones, and surely we wouldn't sell our uh, presidential campaigns and collude with a foreign government, the Russians, no less. Well, and you the, were, you the, were... A, the axis of evil, the evil empire is, like, and 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 now that we've gone full circle, and now the uh, right is in full cahoots with. Uh, 
with the Russians, I mean, it, it boggles my mind. Thank God I'm not a Republican. Well, you know, and interestingly, in Oregon, most of the Republicans here were. I voted for Mark Hatfield a couple times because he was. I would call him a. And he's in the mold of Teddy Roosevelt, a progressive Republican. Exactly. Vic a moderate. Most of the folks in the Republican Party in Oregon yeah. were were moderates. They worked to get stuff done for the people. And yes, they would have arguments about philosophy and stuff, but if the people needed roads that were working, they worked together mm. in a bipartisan manner to make stuff happen, unlike the rest of the country. Yep, and, and the word you never hear, not word, but the phrase you never hear anymore is common good. Right. We, we, we have differences. Would it be refreshing if we had political discourse that argued about semantics rather than, rather than just, uh, I don't like you, I hate everything you stand for, I'm not going to uh, do anything for you, and, oh, yeah, I'm Mitch McConnell, I'm on the Republican Congress, and we don't like the president, so we are literally going to stonewall the whole time. That's called zealotry. Yeah, it's it's called something, all right, and uh, it's called something that we probably won't be doing over live streaming and and later when this show gets on to uh, uh, cable, Com- cable and Comcast, we definitely won't. <laughs> we definitely the five won't words be. come into there, you know, emblazoned on your four eyelids. Don't use these words. Oh my gosh, Doc's gonna have a field day. Can you imagine him back there with the beep 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 beep? <laughs> the Hi, six second to- delay button. Right. Welcome to turning beep. And then an hour later, it finally goes off. Good night, folks. You know. <laughs> uh, Sir Richard, you got to help me out here. You got to cheer me up. I'm in a funk. I am. Uh, I'm in a real down low bluesy sort of area. Uh, I'm about ready to uh, play Lead Belly's Good Night Irene and just <laughs> curl up somewhere. So you got to pull me out of this funk. I know you will because it's what you do. Uh, it's, somebody's got to do it. Someone's got it's a, it. It is a dirty job. And so well, you know, I wear my hip boots. Nice. You know, I just thought it was a fashion statement. <laughs> I didn't know it was utilitarian. Excellent. Well, hey, you know, if if it's deep doo doo, you got to wear something appropriate. <laughs> That's what my mama said. <laughs> All right, tell me who this week's. Huts of the week is. Well, I, once again, you know, there's just so many of them. Yeah. How do you really, you know, uh, but I decided that. How, how do you, how do you, how do you uh, call through that whole huge uh, pile? It's easy. The biggest stink you know? wins. <laughs> That's right. You hang downwind. And, I uh, just, yeah, down. Yeah. Oh, that one's uh, definitely uh, number 10 on the stinkometer. Mm. And that's what. So today's world's greatest putts of the year award for this week goes to Vice Dunce Mike Swiss Guard Pence for saying that creationism should be taught in public schools. Mm. Folks, creationism has been debunked for at least two decades. It's pure dogma, it's religion, and it has no place in public school. Uh, Separation of church and state, folks. Creationism is not science. I taught biology. I can tell you that's bunk. And what's worse is, uh, would you like your children to go through that to have to meet a doctor who basically got his degree in a crackerjack box because he thought creationism is the way it is and he didn't need anything else, so he's doing the surgery on your child. Think about it. 
right? Beware if the doctor you go see has a certificate, a diploma on the wall saying that he uh, got his medical degree from Bob Jones University. Right, and it's, si- it's signed by uh, Swiss Guard Pants to say, hey, this guy is okay <laughs> because he believes what I believe. Hey, Doc, it's, it says here that uh, you got your degree through the uh, Henry Kissinger School of Medicine. <laughs> wow, that's intriguing. <laughs> yes, I'd like to get that pro- uh, proctological exam now. Go yeah, for it. Well, you're already getting it. You just don't know it. Right. So, Mike Pence, Vice President of the United States, you are this week's turning left. Pots of the week. That's right. We'll be uh, mailing you a uh, certificate and a flaming bag of doo-doo soon. So uh, be on the lookout. We're not really going to do that. But uh, So what's going on in Sir Richard World? Well, you know, I've been, it's, it's hard, you know, actually I've been so upset with what's been going on. I have blocked all the news except for the PBS NewsHour. Right. Yeah. I don't want to see because even on Facebook there must be twenty or thirty pictures of Don the Con's face, who I'm sick and tired of looking at. So yeah. I don't even go there anymore. So I watch the News Hour because to me they seem to be the most fair-minded and trusted news organization, uh, you know, on the planet. Short of well, I'll see the BBC every once in a while. Right. Yeah. Um, but the one that caught my attention actually was something we were looking at last week about. Uh, uh, Nisha Wright and her run-in with uh, Betsy Cruella DeVille <laughs> DeVos right. for delaying uh, rules for for-profit schools. And a lot of people across the U.S. have been ripped off by ITT. Um, there's a whole slug of them saying, that, yeah, well, we'll get you a degree. Oh, Trump University? Trump University. Okay. We'll get you a degree, and it'll help you go out and get a job, which is all yeah. just a huge pile of doo-doo. And because DeVos comes from that attitude of Blackwater, yeah, yeah, look at her brother, right? That's right. That's you, uh, know. you know, anything is game as long as I can get away with it. Yeah. And so she's being sued no. by Nisha Wright, 40, no. 40 years old, a local person. Uh, and the interesting thing is DeVos only had a few days to act because the rule that f- that forgave all those students their federal loans yeah. was going to take effect July 1 uh, under the Obama rule change yeah. and Carilla stopped it on June 14th even though that Carilla knew it would be appalling isn't she such a treat yeah she's just another one of those women that uh, just you know would have gleefully marched off children to the Nazi death camps <laughs> You know, I'd like to say that that's hyperbole, but um, yeah, there's there, there's there's some truth to that. Oh yeah, yeah, Betsy DeVos, and you know, to me, that just it goes back to the macro overall image of uh, how and, and they view the country and how they view uh, the running of it because. Uh, you see these people in all these cabinet positions that are de- that are literally deconstructors. A guy in the EPA who hates the EPA that wants to s- strip everything. They're all there to make money. Yeah, they're, not, they're not there for the, to uh, for the public good. They're there to drain the public 
trough. Exactly. And you got Cruella DeVille over there uh, really wants the, their separation of church and state. I don't think so. No, you she know. wants to destroy public education. Yeah. And uh, all these people are deconstructors, and they, they've been hired to get in there and mess with the system. And, folks, if, you, if you're if you at home and you, and you voted for Trump, you say, but that's what we wanted because we don't like those Washington elites. We just be, haven't thought deeper about when you deconstruct the administrative state, or so they say, what all that entails. It, it entails messing up the environment. It, it entails messing up your kids' education. It entitles messing up your financial situation and but people just you know you most know, of the big sc- school districts gonna, in America I'm bang my head against this <laughs> microphone most of the big school districts in America couldn't function without the federal dollars they are given to help bolster the state funds because yeah. Por- Portland public schools L.A. County schools, Seattle public schools, I could go on right across the country. They all get monies for various programs that are identified by the federal government as being important for your child's education, that all children, whether handicapped or not, should have an access, that girls should have uh, equal access to sports. Mm -hmm. All of those are federal dollars that you pay. So you're actually seeing them back, even though you may grumble about paying your federal taxes, they come back to you in terms of your local community. So true. And the whole philosophy behind that, the and the poster boy for, for that whole thought, you know, Ronald Reagan, government isn't the, you know, isn't the solution, government's a problem. Really, Ronnie? Really? Because I, I would like to take exception to that. Why don't we go ahead and take that whole uh, a little personal philosophy, and let's shove that down the crapper right now. Because, case in point, number one, geez, I don't know, we seem to have been up Crap Creek without a paddle uh, during the Great Depression. Who who uh, bailed us out of that? Oh, let's see, it wasn't Herbert Hoover no. who just sat around and went, geez, I'm going to keep collecting my uh, uh, $40,000 worth of presidential monies. No, uh, the country turned around, got pissed off because people were starving to death, people were hurting, uh, the, the Dust Bowl had hit. They turned to, da-da-da-da, a Democrat. Not just any Democrat, but a wealthy Democrat mm-hmm. who had a feeling for people. Right. Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt. No, that was earlier. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. We're talking about his wild cousin. His wild cousin. Yeah. And Okay. So you're saying, well, that's way back in the 30s. I can't remember that. Heck, I can't even remember the days where Honey Boo Boo was on the air. No, let's move it now into now times, okay? Oh, I don't know, maybe around 2007. Let's say that there's a, uh, let's say the bankers are run amok and the bubble has bursted. Uh, you're lo- you're losing, I don't know how many, hundreds of thousands of jobs per day, per week. People's homes, people's uh, savings, their uh, 401ks. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah, not to mention if you're GM or Ford or any of the other right. companies. Who's going to come to the rescue then? Is it going to be a Trospero? Uh No, it's not going to be John McCain either. Mm, not going to be him either. Could it be, I don't know, the federal government headed by Barack Obama that bailed your keisters out of the fire as George Bush 
walked out of the Oval Office knowing full well this was coming, and uh, I'm just, hey, man, I'm just, and it was it's his for fault. the next guy, too. It, totally. The robber barons run amok, blow things to such a point where we are going to slide. Folks, we were going to slide into another Great Depression. You could see it on the horizon. It was there. Well, it, it really was a depression. It, it was. They called it the Great Recession. Well, because they didn't want to use the D word. Right. You, we don't want to go there. But then uh, Barack Obama, a guy that, you know, I mean, while he's not a perfect guy, he at least had the cojones to realize that's what it was and that government was the solution. It wasn't the problem. The problem was the... Uh, Business. The fat cat bankers and... Uh, Fiduciary people that, that de-stripped all the regulations, that kept the safeguards since the Great Depression from happening again, and they just, you know, ran into the ground. And that was it was the the bad America hating liberal progressive Barack Obama and Democrats that bailed your keisters out. So now we go ahead today and we've got a uh, we've got the clown car filled with Trump and his minions busily now again stripping away all those regulations it's the same people that happened in 2008 thank you it's the same people and it's folks are you tired of it yet you put your hopes and your dreams in 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 uh in in the shape of a reality tv moron are are you done yet are you and i I who's never really been successful at anything right and uh you know i take i take uh uh, some crap about this. I've been uh, the show has been emailed numerous times about why can't we discuss more progressive terms? Why can't we get past the Trump Russia? Why can't we talk about this? And I very politely said, you know what? And I'll I'll t- tell you at home. I would love to do that. That is my dream. Of course, my dream is we could come in here. And we could sit down and we could get wonky and talk about the good stuff that, that that we could do and what the government could do and what society could do for the people. Of yeah, America. making public education work, repairing our infrastructure, getting real-type jobs with a minimum wage that people can actually make a living instead of having Walmart get bailed out by the government because the people are on food stamps. Yep. Feed the hungry, clothe the poor. And uh, take care of our most vulnerable. But I can't, folks. We can't. Why? Because this time that we find ourselves in right now is an, ex- is an, an extraordinary time. And I don't mean that as in, wow, that's extraordinary. I mean we are unlike what we've seen now for at least two generations, okay? It is up to us and uh, people who are far smarter than I, like Sir Richard, uh, who, who uh, has to debatable. Uh, gird our loins and face the trouble that's coming down the pike because the trouble is not only coming down the pike folks it's here oh it's it's at your front door actually so if you have a thin mortgage if you have a job which is you're only making uh, 950 uh, 10 dollars an hour if you have are living month to month because you can't get any more money there's nobody so you have no safety net um, you're going to be in, in big trouble. And worse off, your children are the ones who are going to suffer most for it. Your children. Because f- 
for most Americans, the idea was we want America to be better for our children than it is for us. That was the whole premise of America. Yep. So that you knew that, you know, you may be working a minimum wage job, but your child could go to school, perhaps go to college, mm -hmm. get a real job, change their economic, social economic status to be a productive person in America. That was what America was about. It's the American dream. I I did always thought that's what it was for me. Yep. And uh, we now find that uh, it, it, the new American dream philosophy is every man or every woman for themselves. No, it's the rich get richer and the poor get poor. And you can thank Ronald Reagan for starting it. That's right. But you know what? <clears throat> On this show, we're gonna we're we're, we're gonna ask the tougher questions, and we're gonna be better than that. And one of the things we do to make ourselves better than that is we have a cause of the week. Yes, we do, and we're we are actually trying to improve things. So we, we have we try to have present solutions to some intractable problems. That's right. And what, what is uh, the cause of the week, folks? The cause of the week is each week we uh, highlight a local nonprofit and charity that you can get behind. This is all about you getting involved in the process no matter what process you want to get involved in, right? And so this week's uh, cause of the week, Sir Richard, is the National Animal Interest Alliance. Animals. Interesting. Yes. The mission of the NAIA is to promote the welfare of animals to strengthen the human-animal bond and safeguard the rights of responsible animal owners, enthusiasts, and professionals through research, public information, and sound public policy. In addition, NAIA supports animal welfare and the rights of animal owners by helping animal control, oversight, and agencies write responsible laws that target irresponsible and inhumane owners while safeguarding responsible animal ownership and the use of appropriate animal husbandry practices. So by urging the passage of strong laws that target vandalism, harassment, arson, bombings, and other sort of domestic terrorism that, yes, does include, you know, uh, the uh, guys who uh, do scientific studies on animals and other stuff. That, right, uh, right along with PETA. Right. Uh, they're they're uh, trying to do their uh, good, and they're trying to help. This, folks, is the National Animal Interest Alliance. They are here in Portland, and their phone number is 503-761-1139. Or you can visit them online at www.naiaonline.org. And, Sir Richard, if you feel like you want to go there in person and you want to press the flesh and say, how do you do? And drop a fiver. You can. Yes, you can. And they are located <coughs> at 111 Southwest 5th Avenue. Suite 2660, Portland, Oregon, 97204. That's right. That is your cause of the week. Man, it is so hard to shift gears because here I am, you know, everything sucks. But the cause of the week is, <laughs> it's, it's so hard to switch gears. I get, I get my, you know. Well, get, again, it's, you know, we're trying to have some positive uh, things that people can do to make their city, state, county, country better. Mm -hmm. Not just slogans, but actually getting out and doing something. That's right. Not only getting out and doing something, but also um, learning something. 
right? And uh, to a large degree of that, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars going into a higher institution. Well, you should, but I mean, after that, after you've been educated, and you, but you still want to learn stuff, it's healthy, right? You want to do that. You may want to pick up a book. Why not? Hey! And so we're going to do our part by doing some book endorsements about some cool books out there that you can uh, read and learn from. And this week's book endorsement is called... <coughs> it's called Democracy in Chains, and it is by uh, Nancy McLean. And Nancy McLean is a professor of history at Duke University. And this book, the full title is Democracy in Chains, The Deep History of the Radical Rights Stealth Plan for America. And she's a doctor on top of it. She is. She's a, she is one well-learned lady. Uh, behind today's headlines of billionaires taking over our government is a secretive political establishment with long, deep, and troubling roots. The capitalist radical right has been working not simply to change who rules, but to fundamentally alter the rules of democratic governance. But billionaires did not launch this movement. A white intellectual in the embattled Jim Crow South did guy by the name of James McGill Buchanan, George Mason University, and, and uh, uh, co-opted by uh, Steve Bannon and all the other guys. He, he, he is the template for all this stuff. She uh, has, writes a masterful book that takes you uh, into the deep history of it all, what it stands for, and who it was resuscitated in the 1970s by somebody, Sir Richard, I know you'll know as... One of the Koch brothers, Charles Koch. Uh, am I surprised? Yes. Once, a, once a fascist, always a fascist. That's right. Charles Koch discovered Buchanan, and he created a vast, uh, relentless, and multi-armed machine to carry out Buchanan's strategy. Without Buchanan's ideas and the Koch money, the libertarian right would not have succeeded in its vice president, Mr. Pence. Yep. Uh, so... Get on Amazon, go get yourself a Democracy in Chains, or, folks, if you're a little cash-strapped, don't worry about it. Just go to your library. It's there. You can uh, check it out, read it, and enrich yourself, and it, it kind of gives you a little bit insight to what goes behind, you know, what do they mean by that? What 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 is... What does all this stand for? There's something got to be something deeper in this. Well, this book ad addresses that, and it... Uh, uh, is very uh, very educational. I am uh, about what, half to three quarters through it now, and I had to go dig through a lot of my old uh, college. I'm one of those geeks that still has their old college textbooks. <laughs> I joined the club, and uh, so I, I'm literally I'm blowing off the dust of these things. You know, digging through them. I'm like, oh, you know, uh, Calhoun. Okay, yeah, yeah. Wow, I yeah, that's what he meant. I didn't know it meant that though. Hmm. And so, yeah, I'm one of those geeks, folks. It's called American history. It's your history. You should know it. Yeah, that's right. Because without knowing history, you're bound and determined to re repeat all the errors, mistakes, and deaths that occurred yep. in American history. One of my personal credos through life has always been uh, Benjamin Franklin's. Those who forget their history are uh, uh, deemed to repeat it. Yep. So, you know what else is history this week, Sir Richard? This, sh uh, this, this show. show. <laughs> this show is history this week, folks. It's been a, it's been fun. It's been an honor to get up in front of you guys and uh, spout off for an hour and to uh, be uh, 
you know, with along with Sir Richard, one of those Sentinel guys. That, a voice for reason. A voice for something. Hopefully it's reason. Reason in an unreasonable time. Or I, common sense in an uncommon time. That's right. I let Sir Richard take care of the reason I just spout off. <laughs> so, folks, we'll see you again next week right here at the Newsbox Studios, down located in downtown, beautiful Milwaukee, Oregon. This is Turning Left, a Reverdergy. Ciao. Don't worry. Be happy.